Global Crisis Bible Prophecy Health and Preparedness You're just in time. 11th Hour Dispatch Father in heaven, we ask now in prayer that at the beginning of this broadcast we would understand your will for us. We pray that you would give us wisdom, discernment, understanding for the times in which we live and for the voice of our maker that seeks to direct our lives. Help us to heed your voice, to love your word, and most of all, to love you, to love Jesus. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Welcome to 11th Hour Dispatch. Here we are for another 30-minute news experience, and there's a whole lot going on across all of the different news genres, if you will. I like to really hone in when we can on health news. This one from USA Today. U.S. life expectancy falls as many kinds of death increase. And what they've noticed in the recent trends of life expectancy over the past few years is about four years ago, life expectancy peaked and has now dipped for the first time in modern records. They don't see this. It's over time. We have better medical practices and better ways to limit infant mortality and deal with major crisis issues in people's health. We can prolong life, and it's been a wonderful blessing from modern science and from modern medicine. But the reality is when it comes down to it, we're not improving ourselves, our personal health. Why is it that we're now declining in our life expectancy? Lack of exercise, poor diet, all of the things that you know can extend your life span on average, of course. There are freak incidences and things that happen that are beyond people's control. But on average, when the population starts sitting in front of the television and in their car and in their office all day and we don't exercise, when we eat large quantities of animal foods and high sugar diets, and you you might say, well, animal foods, what are you referring to, Scott? Vegans live longer than those who eat meat or eggs, research finds. This is from the UK Independent. Every 3% increase in calories from plant protein was found to reduce risk of death by 10%. So every 3% increase of the total caloric intake that's coming from plants is going to reduce your risk of death by 10%. That is a massive leap for just small changes. So maybe you don't eat much in the way of fruits and vegetables, legumes, nuts, seeds, whole grains. If, if we're subsisting on donuts and coffee and bacon and all of these unhealthy things, it might seem kind of crazy to be a vegan. It's such an intimidating word. and It sounds like a cult group of people who are like, you know, uh, wanting to make this the international law of environmental climate change. And, all, you know, there's some crazy veganism, new age, earth worship stuff out there. So that aside, and in fact, you could be, quote, vegan 
and subsist exclusively on French fries and pop soda. And so that would not be healthy either. Just avoiding meat, avoiding animal products in itself isn't necessarily a good thing. It's only a good thing if you're eating what's better than those items. And that is greens. That is fruit. That is basically everything whole and real from the earth. Plant-based diet is number one. And so all of us ask ourselves, okay, where am I at now? And what steps can I take right now to eliminate the chocolate, to eliminate the cigarettes and other things that are limiting our lifespan, to eliminate those things that are ruining our health? One thing, just pick one thing, add something instead. Have a big salad at the beginning of your supper. Reduce that dessert down to a smaller quantity and make it a moderately healthy dessert. Baby steps on the way toward health will reverse these these numbers we're seeing in the, in the research. And by the way, as a young guy, I'm not sitting here going, I'm going to eat healthy because I really want to live to 105. Like, I don't even think we're going to be around that long. Jesus is coming soon. So there's much better reasons for living a healthy life than simply life expectancy. But that was the news headline, so I thought we would talk just a bit about that. It's important for the number one reason, because of your spiritual health, is dependent upon how you live, your lifestyle. And that is, to a great extent, your diet. It's not just diet, though. It's exercise. It's how, how much we're outdoors. Just a little anecdotal point, and, and you know your own experience. And when it's your experience, it's not just an anecdote, but there are tons of studies to back this up as well. And if you experience it, you'll know it's true for yourself. I, w- I have been doing a lot of in-the-office work the last couple of months in preparation for and the recording of the new DVD series called Second Beast Rising. And as a part of that, here I am indoors, Right. And I'm trying to, you know, get get some balance, sleep enough, eat right, get a little bit of exercise, but but still, it just wasn't quite all clicking. And then I had to, and this is this is not, uh, I'm a glutton for punishment kind of thing. But here I am in Michigan, and winter came, and I found myself for various reasons being required to. I had to, out of necessity, be doing some work on our house outside. So I'm outside. For hours a day with the wind chill just absolutely blasting upon the skin, the fingers freezing to the bone, and you're 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 in this not happy situation, right? Up on the roof of the house and all in the wind. Okay, I won't get into all the details, but the bottom line is, long story short, after having been outside for a few days for hours on end, not loving this situation, I found myself happier. In better moods, more thinking clearly, better energy, just just feeling better. You know that feeling, right? Call it what you want. And it has spiritual implications, majorly, in terms of our character, our our prayer life, our discerning the voice of God. The way that your brain functions when you get outside more, it, it, it turns a switch on. It flips something physiologically in us. And there's a lot of good science and research behind that. I won't get into it, but it's just fun to be able to report. This past week, I got to live it. I got to experience it. Felt more alive. And that's a good thing. Life expectancy is great, but living an expectant life knowing that I can expect Jesus in my life right now, that's a better life expectancy than living to 100. Nothing against living to 100. That's a great thing too. And they find that people that eat 
more plants. They live 10 years longer, 8 years longer, depending on the study, depending on the population group. But they, uh, they do tend to live longer. And that's been established for some time. But now, USA Today, we just covered it, is we, we've reached the point where we're seeing lifespans decline. Now, shifting gears into other news, geopolitically, what's going on in the wars and rumors of war realm as we talk about Bible prophecy, Jesus said, we will see an increase in these types of tensions taking place. RT reports Russian Navy on combat alert as Ukraine begins missile launch drills near Crimea. Crimea is, by the way, a very important and disputed territory there in Eastern Europe. So keep your eye on that. We'll see what's going to transpire there with regard to the conflicts in Eastern Europe with Russia. Turkish News also reported that the Turkish military launched its operations in Syria to end the rule of Syrian President Bashar al-Assad, and they're joining the efforts to try to overthrow the government of Syria. And this was the president of Turkey who came out and made this announcement. By the way, Turkey is a NATO country. It's an ally of Western Europe, North America, NATO, North Atlantic Treaty Organization. And so that would be a, a, a an alliance, a treaty situation where if one goes to war, all go to war. And so we're, we're waiting to see, could this actually bring about a, a more widespread conflict? We've seen Syria, just a, a cauldron, just a civil war, just a terrible terrible tragedy, leading also to all of these other things with the migrant crisis that we saw last year, which has really changed things dramatically, not just the culture in Europe, where now Time Magazine reports, poll, 27% of Europeans say rape is justifiable. Yes, you heard that right. A quarter of Europeans, now over a quarter, 27%, say that rape is justifiable in certain circumstances like, well, she was drunk or she was wearing revealing clothing. Right, okay, so that would not justify not only adultery but coercive, violent acts of abuse. Horrible. Obviously, everybody, I thought everybody knew that. I thought that was one of those things everybody could agree on. Apparently not. We are in need desperately of a biblical foundation for truth in an era where truth is no longer something that supposedly even exists. We are living in the postmodern era, they tell us. Truth is relative to the individual preference. And they used to draw the line with as long as you're not taking advantage of somebody else, which, okay, in a, in a, in a free society, people can live as they like. You know, that's not going to get you to heaven, but you kind of coexist and tolerate differences of ideology, differences of religious perspective, freedom of conscience. I get that. But then, all of a sudden, we've got a quarter of people saying, you can do whatever you want, even engaging in this heinous act. 27% of Europeans say rape is justifiable. And part of that is the culture of oppression of women that exists within so much of the communities of the the migrants that have come into Europe. I mean, you, you learned last year at New Year's Eve about the mass molestation that took place in Cologne, Germany, where thousands of women were abused, molested, messed with by, by and large, migrants. And that's not, of course, to say that every person who is a migrant is assaulting women. That would be ludicrous. But there are large numbers of people, and this is a serious issue that is leading to a backlash 
Take a look, look at this. It says, UK Express, Slovakia passes law to ban Islam from being registered as a religion. So you have problem, reaction, solution. You have chaos being developed and then a authoritarian order being imposed. Both not good, both evil, anarchy is bad, of course. And then, so the devil is the, he's the founder and inventor of all of this. He creates the chaos, the destruction, the mass molestations, and then inspires the crackdown to remove religious freedom. We also have a report about how Cologne, Germany is now this year going to have helicopters and mounted police to prevent these mass sex assaults on New Year's Eve. Massive surveillance program to watch out for this, which, by the way, the media told people didn't really exist, that this didn't happen. It was kind of whitewashed, covered up. It's real. There's a major crisis going on, especially in Europe, as it relates to the basic safety of not just Europeans, but particularly women in these cultures where abuse is something that's promoted. It's something that is accepted and acceptable. Abuse in the home, domestic violence happens across the world in, in various cultures and religions, but this is a place where it's promoted, and it's just kind of in the open. Washington Post reported, after the beating, Moroccan TV airs makeup tips for hiding domestic violence. What an unbelievably tragic report that was. They had to report on this on the news. Here's how do you cover up from after you've been beaten by your husband. Very sad. We'll be right back. You're listening to 11th Hour Dispatch with author, teacher and speaker Scott Ritzmer. For more programs and information, visit 11thHourDispatch.com. George Washington once stated... The acceptance of and continuance hitherto in the office to which your suffrages have twice called me have been a uniform sacrifice of inclination to the opinion of duty and to a deference for what appeared to be your desire. I constantly hoped that it would have been much earlier in my power, consistently with motives which I was not at liberty to disregard. I have to stop reading right there. Come again, President Washington? What did he just say? Did you know that in the 1880s, children were reading this in grade five in their reading class? Repeat after me. We've been dumbed down. It's time to wake up. To come apart and be separate, saith the Lord. The DVD series is called Schooled. The deliberate agenda to reduce individuality, destroy intelligence, and re-engineer society. In Schooled, you'll hear it straight from the mouths of the founders of modern schooling themselves. They're quite proud of it. Visit 11thHourDispatch.com and use promo code RADIO for a reduced suggested donation rate. Wonderful, merciful Savior, precious Redeemer and friend, who would have thought that a lamb could rescue the souls of men? Oh, you rescue the souls of men. Back. This is 11th Hour Dispatch. 11thHourDispatch.com is the website, and I'm Scott Ritzema, your host. Just before the break, we were going over some of the cultural collapse issues in Europe as it relates to the migration crisis and the conflicting values and cultures coming from these Islamic countries versus the traditions and the secularism, frankly, in Europe. And frankly, there is so much to say about this. I've got 
an entire session in Second Beast Rising. It's been recorded. It's being edited. The whole series is coming out progressively in three volumes, three stages over the next few months. The first one this month is done. And that one's going to be shipping shortly in a couple of weeks. But um, in that series, I've got a whole session called The Crackdown. It's called The Crackdown because it's envisioning and seeing the the trends that we're heading toward into the future about the crackdown on religious liberty and on individual freedom and how this scenario will will play out given where we stand today and these situations like we're going to ban Islam as a registered religion in Slovakia and and other other rumblings of these sorts of things that you see all across the west these are precedent setting events that enable an, an entire religion to be demonized and to be made illegal and to be cracked down upon. And you might say, well, there's good reason for that and so on. Okay, well, you know, I understand that civil governments have to do what they have to do in terms of enforcing the law and preventing terrorism. And so you don't want to take that away. I mean, Romans 13, the civil magistrate has been given the authority to do what he needs to do to punish the wrongdoer. Romans 13 teaches that. But you can see where this is going to springboard into once the precedent's been set for religions to be targeted. Then, well, who's next? Well, the other unpopular Christian fundamentalist hate group that, that, that stick to the Bible and they don't embrace the, the, the open, tolerant, one-world system of global ethical uh, unity that we all have under the Pope, right? So you can see where this is all going. So I won't get into all of the details of what's in that. It's a two-hour session, over two hours, called The Crackdown. It's in volume two. That'll be released shortly after the new year. And that's called Second Beast Rising. The whole series is Second Beast Rising, about the second beast of Bible prophecy. And you read in Revelation 13 about a first beast, a second beast. You read about the dragon, these three entities. Satan is the dragon. These two beasts are political and religio-political powers upon the earth. And in the last days, they move forward with religious persecution of, of Christians. They they present a false Christianity to the world, a counterfeit Christianity, and they persecute God's true believing, commandment-keeping people. So enough said on that. But a similar headline on a similar topic, speaking of the surveillance that will take place in Cologne, Germany, UK Guardian reports extreme surveillance becomes UK law with barely a whimper. It's called the Investigatory Powers Act, and it legalizes a range of tools for snooping and hacking by security services. In the United States, we kind of take for granted the Fourth Amendment to the Constitution. Our Bill of Rights protects individual freedoms. The Fourth Amendment especially holds the government at bay from doing any searches or seizures that aren't based upon probable cause and authorized by the court who has issued a warrant for a particular search for a particular seizure because somebody is probably engaged in criminal activity, and this is part of an investigation. Well, we live in the era of mass surveillance today, where the NSA can scoop up enormous quantities of data. And the UK Guardian reported about this, this, this British law that was just passed, and they've been famous already for being one of the biggest big brother societies in the, in the world with cameras up everywhere and all of that. Kind of like George Orwell's 1984 scenario coming into reality in the world where we live today. But this, this new Investigatory Powers Act has expanded further the surveillance powers, which if you think about that from a prophetic standpoint – 
What is the significance of a surveillance society, a total snooping grid, a control grid of all human behavior, watching humans, buying patterns, conversations, all of the, the electronic communications, everything? Well, of course, this can be used by the power elite who are bent upon stripping people of their individual freedom, their religious rights, their freedom of conscience, all of those precious values that we hold so dear – not just privacy rights and the right to not be snooped and spied upon, but there's a chilling effect here also. Certain speech, certain religious practices that are considered to be not tolerated, well, now all of a sudden when everything's being watched, behavior starts to change on the part of the population. That's what it's like to live in a surveillance society like in communist China, where they have this social credit score, where based upon the friends you have, the comments you make on social media, all of your electronic activity and personality and buying patterns and everything you are is logged into this database where you get a score, kind of like a credit score, but it's for how well you support the regime. They call it your social credit score. That's what... Westerners refer to it as like a credit score, but for anti-social behavior, in other words, against the party, the Communist Party in China. You get the idea. But there's a serious danger there across the board, UK, in the West, China, you name it. So I've got a whole section, you guessed it, in Second Beast Rising. That's what I've been focusing on this fall in terms of presenting the, the prophecies and the current events and all of this that's happening in preparation for the lead into Revelation 13 so that we can see that this is happening before our very eyes. We've got a whole session on the emerging surveillance society. And by the way, if you're hearing this broadcast for the first time, the purpose of studying world events and news headlines and all of this is not as an end in itself because we want to have some political advocacy message. And, and yes, we should advocate for religious liberty. That's important. But a million times more important than the temporal freedoms we enjoy is the everlasting gospel and the everlasting life that people can have when they behold Jesus Christ, the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. So when we see all of the signs of the times of Bible prophecy being fulfilled as we march toward the final events of Bible prophecy, it only alerts us. us. It, it gives us the wake-up call. It grabs us by the shoulders and says, hey, if you haven't been paying attention, if you've gotten into a rut spiritually, get in the Word. We're living in amazing and interesting times, and it's the fulfillment of Bible prophecy before our very eyes. You will encounter Jesus in the prophecies, in the Bible. You will witness the character of God on display like you've never seen before. If you allow the word of God to speak to your heart, to convict of sin, and to draw you to the love of Jesus. Now, shifting gears slightly, take a look at this headline. First human injected with controversial genetically modified genes. Yes, you heard that right. A human being has now, in the brave new world of the pioneers of this unbelievable era in which we live in terms of modern technology and science. And you heard that genetically modified genes being injected into a human. This took place in China using the CRISPR gene editing techniques. And of course, there could be potential benefits from every new pioneering method of manipulating, artificially inducing gene, gene changes that can combat cancer is the, the front line of this. So you say, well, yeah, we want to end that. But how much are we going to mess with the human 
genome, with the very fabric of creation, the genetics of this beautiful, wonderful world in which we live. I mean, we're looking at genetically modified foods. That's a that's kind of old news. But um, an interesting report came out by Pew Research that so many people are aware of and concerned about genetically modified foods that it's up to nearly 50% of people are now saying, yeah, we realize GMO, genetically modified organism, foods are not healthy. They're not good, even though, of course, the establishment scientific, quote, community is saying this is something we're promoting, FDA, etc. The people are not buying it in growing numbers, and they're literally not buying it also, shopping organic instead of buying the, the, the corn, the soy, the canola, all of these particular vegetables that I mentioned are heavily, heavily genetically modified if you're not buying organic, particularly corn, soy, canola, a couple others that over the years have been basically monopolized by the GMO seeds of the company Monsanto who has put this out and it's spread like wildfire. So interesting that people are becoming aware of that, awake to that, but we're seeing genetically modified humans now. That's the latest news here about the the China case with the CRISPR gene editing technique where the first human has been injected with the controversial genetically modified genes. And shifting gears off that topic, we've got, as always, interesting information coming along the Natural Disasters news feed and 6.5 magnitude earthquake uh, just off the coast of California. So this is the rumblings of what they call the big one coming closer and closer, perhaps. And not just that, but I saw an interesting report about tornadoes, unprecedented numbers of tornadoes, particularly this time of year. And so they're saying that's increasing in its infrequency and its intensity, as the Bible says, the natural disasters and the signs of the times will. I've covered at great length on the broadcast the documented facts about the increase in earthquakes and not just the increase in their intensity, but how frequently they come, just like birth pangs, Jesus said, and where they are. They are supposed to be in diverse places. We talk about that with Oklahoma, places you never heard about earthquakes. Enough said on that. But across the board, weather events and temperatures are only becoming more and more extreme. I mean, Chicago just broke the 1940 snowfall record. We're talking about a wall of snow in North Dakota, 300 miles of interstate shut down, negative 35 degree temperatures, the polar vortex coming again from two years ago. You might remember if you lived in the northern half, in fact, if you lived anywhere, I remember two years ago, being freezing cold in Atlanta, Georgia, of all places. Downtown Atlanta, Georgia was about the coldest I ever was in the past few years. And I'm a guy from Michigan, right? So who knows what's coming in terms of weather extremes and natural disasters and all of this. They're saying this winter could be pretty intense, but you never thought talking about the weather, tornadoes, earthquakes, extreme temperatures, would be really a substantive significant thing, but it really is, biblically, prophetically. But before we run out of time, again in the geopolitical category, how about these ones for headlines? Eight NATO ships shadowed Russian aircraft carrier in the Mediterranean, and the UK uses museum tank civilians to simulate Putin launching World War III. 
So they're still talking about these things, even though we've seen a bit of a turnover, a bit of a revolution, frankly, in terms of the foreign policy outlook within the United States power elite and presidency with Trump seemingly wanting to not have war with Russia, a little bit more of a hawk with China. But nonetheless, the stagings of these things continue, and we'll keep our eye on it to see where this might head in the coming months. But most important, what will we keep our eye on, my friends? The Lamb of God, behold Him, and you will be changed. To financially support this broadcast, visit 11thHourDispatch.com. Here's Scott Ritzema with another final minute message. Neuropsychology of Rock, we read. Whether the words are evil, innocuous, or based in the Holy Scripture, the overall neurophysiological effects generated by rock music remain the same. Was some of this going on already before the rock and roll movement? In the 19th century, some Christians observed in a camp meeting worship scene what was called a bedlam of noise that shocks the senses. One Christian writer predicts just before Christ's coming, there will be shouting with drums, music, and dancing. The senses of rational beings will become so confused that they cannot be trusted to make right decisions. And this is called the moving of the Holy Spirit. Very serious warning. They knew somehow that in the last days, before Jesus' coming, Satan would use music in a way to make it a snare for us. Not the lyrics, the way in which it is conducted. And that people's senses would be lost. Brought to you by BeltofTruthMinistries.org.